Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Invisible Scars. This is Michelle Villapiano, and I'm here with Gina Smith. Hi, everyone. Um, tonight, we are actually recording episode 11, which I can't even believe that we've done 11 episodes. So, well, this is our 11th episode. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about promises that were made to either us or our children and were broken and how that affected their lives. So um, I know we've talked about this before, but there have been a few things with Jordan that she was promised and it always made her look forward to, uh, you know, seeing him or getting excited to be with him and, and the family, the new family. And, uh, and then they never came to fruition. And the first one being her sweet 16, as we, as you know, uh, he was supposed to have a party for her. It didn't, nothing came out of it. Uh, then he promised her instead of the sweet 16 party, they would take a party bus to the city and go see a drag show, which whatever. <laughs> I, I still, I still don't get that. Um, but that never happened. And that's when I had to come in and, um, and pull together very quickly a sweet 16 for her. And there were also, there was another time where, he would always promise her that uh, they would go on vacation. And when it actually came down to it, he didn't take Jordan, but he took the new family, the new girlfriend and her kids. And it left Jordan feeling like, what the hell, you know? Um, can you remember or can you recall anything like that that's happened with Juliana? I would have to say, I mean, as, as far as things like vacation, um, I don't know that he's particularly promised anything with the exception of last year, because up until last year, um, over the past five years, he never took her on vacation. He, um, essentially the vacation times he scheduled with her, he still brought her to daycare um, or her after whatever, her summer camp program. So um, there he didn't was take no time off to be with her. You're saying he had her, but they didn't, he just kept her doing what she was supposed to do as if she was in school. Right. Okay. Right. Which has always been the case. I mean, I, every summer take the last week of um, the summer off because her program always closes mm -hmm. for the last week of the summer so that the family, because it's a family owned business so that they can have their own vacation so that they can close their business for a week and do any renovations, updating, painting, cleaning. Um, it's the only full week of the year that they completely closed down. Okay. So, um, I always take it off and 
you know, not only because I'm going to have Juliana, but I always tend to plan my vacations around that. So, um, I mean, last year, like I said, last year was actually the first year that he decided to take her on vacation with him, which I, I wasn't quite sure I believed until it truly happened, which it's, you know, sad to think in that way, but, um, he's the type of person where words, a lot of words are said, but actions are a completely whole other animal. And so we have a very difficult time believing what you hear until you see it. Until you see it. I remember a lot um, when Jordan would come to me and and to Paul and she'd say, oh, dad and I are going to do this. And we would kind of go along with her. And then when she wasn't with us, we would be like, yeah, right. This, this is not going to happen. We've, we've been down this road, we've seen it and it, it just never happens. And then she's so upset. And we always felt, especially me, that I had to pick up those pieces. Right. You know? uh, and, and even with camp, you know, when Jordan lived up there and, and went to stuff in New York, I had to do the same thing. The last two weeks of August, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. But I always, I always took the time off. I could have sent her someplace to, you know, someone's house or whatever, but I really looked forward to spending quality time with her. And which is what you do. You take the time off, even if you don't do anything. Absolutely. You're, you're home. And it's kind of sad that that's not a priority for him with any of his kids. I just, I, I don't understand that you would even, you know, claim vacation time when you have no change, no intention of doing anything or making it special or, um, like you said, even if I haven't gone anywhere, I think last summer, um, well, we did take a trip last summer, but I think my first week of vacation before I even, um, planned the other week, uh, I stayed home and we did a staycation and we went to the local water park, like every single day. Mm -hmm. Granted, we didn't go anywhere, but I took off that time from work. And to me that, I mean, that is what's so important to nurture our relationship. You know, the daily ins and outs of the same old excuse my language, same old bullshit every day, you know, it's no yep. fun. Right. And, you know, kids, especially during the summertime, you want to create special memories. My parents did that. And I, that's what I want my daughter mm-hmm. to remember when she gets older, you know, the trips we take and the things that we do. And it doesn't matter how much you spend or where you go. Right. It's, the time you spend with them. Exactly. So yeah, just sending her to camp is not my idea of vacation. I know. And it's funny because when the reality hits, right, I would love to go on vacation with my husband or with you or, uh, you know, anyone and not have to worry about kids. Right. But, but 
I know at this point, that's not really an option because I, I have a young daughter and I don't understand how you and I can feel a certain way or believe a certain thing. And it's just like totally different from his perspective, you know, and, and he's always bragging or he used to brag about what a good father he was and, and, you know, how he had to take care of this and how he did that. And it just seems like with our girls, that was never the case. Unless right. he, you know, unless he needed them to go along with something. So I don't know. Um, but you mentioned that he, that Juliana recently said something that her dad was going to do. Can you? Yeah, I was actually really surprised because um, apparently he mentioned to her that they may be getting a pet, uh, a, dog. a dog. And I find it really interesting because one, he had a dog. Um, as a matter of fact, it you know was his pride and joy. I didn't even consider trying to take it with me when I left the house and moved out. Um, I knew it wasn't even going to be an option. I knew I couldn't take care of him either the way he would have needed to be. Right. But, um, you know, he had such a pride about it being his dog and all in the end to give it up because he moved in with his girlfriend who Mm -hmm. doesn't care for dogs. And I'm guessing because of her, you know, he got rid of the animal. Um, and I mean, I know, you can speak to that as far as Jordan and her, you know, surprise with that. And I mean, my daughter, Juliana talks about, you know, Sonny till this day, she hasn't Mm -hmm. forgotten him. And it's so sad that he just got rid of a pet that easily. So for him to now say he's going to get another dog, I just, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, but I can't imagine he's talked her into that if he gave up that dog. So it makes me wonder, Gina, what's going on? Because whenever he would do that with Jordan, I knew something was wrong with you and him. So I have to wonder if something is not 100% over there or he needs to get some kind of leverage with Juliana as he did with Jordan when they went on that whirlwind tour of all the six flags parks, um, just the two of them. So I, I have to wonder if something's going on. I, that never even crossed my mind, but I hope to God that that's not the case. But. Not the case, only because she's already seen enough. Um, I, know. I care less what happens to the two of them, whether it works out or not. But um, I never I'm, even thought of that. I'm actually writing that down just in case because I can go. We can go back and say, "See, I t- on June eighth, I knew, I knew something was up." Um, but again, that's that's just the pattern that I'm accustomed to with him. So, oh, sure. I mean, there's so many things, at, at least I know with myself, that he even promised me. Um, 
that became major issues. So can you elaborate on anything? Of course. I mean, just as we're talking, I, I can't believe like I forgot. I mean, it was definitely a conversation we had before we got married. He knew I wanted kids. Um, he always made it sound like he wanted kids yet once we were married and I would bring it up, um, you know, he wasn't in a rush. There were different excuses and, um, definitely I remember after his mother passed away, especially his, you know, biggest concern was, you know, what are we going to do for daycare? Who's going to watch her? What Mm -hmm. will we do? And, you know, for a while he used that as an excuse. Um, and it just was a constant issue. I mean, you know, I wasn't getting any younger. I was already in my early thirties when I married him and, you know, thinking about a kid, you don't have that much time and there's no guarantee you'll even get pregnant. Exactly. Um, so geez, I mean, there's a whole string of things at the time I was working in New York city. And so aside from using his mother as an excuse, then it was my job. Um, I had an amazing job. I loved my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked only three days a week, 12-hour shifts. But, you know, I had a long commute. And that was his next excuse. You know, how are you going to do it working in the city? You take the train. It takes you this long. It takes, you know, that long to come home. And, um, you know, how will we do it? So, you know, his next thing was, well, I think you'd need a job closer to home if we're going to do that. So I got a job closer to home. And then once I got the job closer to home, the excuse was, well, you're too depressed. You need to lose weight. And I was, you know, constantly working on those two things, which, you know, added to the stress of our marriage on Mm -hmm. top of just the fact that he wasn't a man of his word. Right. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you something and I, I don't remember all the details of it, but let's talk about when you got engaged. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So elaborate on that, please. Oh God. With the, are you talking about my engagement ring? Yes. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. So we had, you know, we had had conversations about getting engaged and, um, I thought it was coming and I hate to say it. I like the bling. I like the glitz. I wanted something nice. And, mm-hmm. um, I was stupid enough <laughs> to be willing to tell him that it was okay if he just got me a cubic zirconia, which he was thrilled about. Okay. Um, and I absolutely loved the ring. How it was, it was nice. It's nice. I still have it tucked away. Um, but I do distinctly remember that he would not let me open the envelope with the paperwork. And it wasn't until we got divorced 
that I understood why he never wanted me to open the paperwork. He had told me he spent 10 grand on my ring because the side stones were actual diamonds. There was just the center stone that was not. It was platinum setting, blah, 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 blah. He spent less than two grand on my ring. He totally lied from to me from the absolute beginning. beginning. And he didn't need to. I, I think it wouldn't have changed my opinion. I mean, I I cared about him. You know, I didn't I didn't want the divorce originally, mm-hmm. but you know, it made a lot of sense when I went through paperwork as I prepared to leave the house. I, I grabbed things I knew I was going to need and eventually went through. And, you know, um, it just, I remember thinking to myself, that motherfucker, that's why he <laughs> never wanted me to, you know, look at the paperwork. He told me to promise him I would not open it. And Which I just, is bizarre. I would have. How did you not that open have been it? A red flag then. I know. Like, I would have these things. Like you don't think somebody would like. What's the purpose of that? Did you know where the paperwork was? It was in our safe. So you knew where it was, and how the hell you didn't open it is beyond me. Because I would have opened that shit as soon as he walked out the door. Because I would have been like, "Why is he so dead set against me opening it?" You know, you know what the problem is? Mm-mm. Because I promised him that I wouldn't do it. <sighs> and I'm a person of my word. I would have crossed my fingers or something. So that, I, you know, is my own issue. You know, I mean, right. I don't think it's a bad thing, obviously. No, but, it's not. You know, it's not. You trust people to a certain extent. And this was, you know, who I was planning on marrying. This was going to be my husband. Like I didn't think to question that maybe he was lying to me. I know. I know. At the time. I had no idea until you got divorced. And I was like, Gina, sell the freaking ring because I knew you needed money for your your, you know, your apartment and to move and the attorneys. And when you told me that, I was like, are you kidding? I was blown away. It's not something I'm proud of that I, you know, was willing to, uh, I don't want, what's the right word I'm looking for to like give up. I, I know what you mean. I I deserved it, but at the same time, he already had three kids. He had a a home that he was, you know, holding up by himself. Mm -hmm. I knew he didn't have the money for the type of ring I would have wanted. Right. So. Well, and you know, I, I, I get that because when, when I got engaged, I never thought that we, that Paul and I would get engaged. Cause I knew, you know, he had just, he had opened his business and then he was closing the business and going back to work and he had this house and, and I, I didn't think we would do it because I didn't think he'd have the money to do it, but he's, he, he got a ring that he thought I would like. And then on our 10th anniversary, he upgraded it. You know what I mean? And I, I, right. I loved my, I loved my ring. 
because it there was thought and everything going into it. And I think if like if I would have probably done the same thing with Paul, if he would have said, I really want to marry you, but right now, you know, we have this house and all these expenses, and I would rather, you know, put it towards fixing the house and and whatever, I would be okay with that. Yeah. But but I think my spidey senses would kick in if he would have been like, don't open that envelope. Right. Because most people want you to know what they spent if it was too much. Like, I, I don't know. But, you know, thinking back, you were not thinking that he was going to be so damn deceitful. No, of course not. I mean, <laughs> that was the last thing I would have thought at the time, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have considered marrying the guy. Yeah. You know? if I had any inkling that he wasn't an honest man. Mm -hmm. Man. See, and I, I go back to our conversation when I asked you if his skin would, was burned, would burn when you guys walked into the church, because I knew, (laughs) I knew he was not a good person. He was not an honest person. And I just, but at the same time, you know, there was a part of me that hoped he would be different for you. Like I, I wanted whoever was going to be with him and my kid and the other kids who I know they're not my kids, but I feel like they're my kids. But, um, I was, I was hoping that it, this would be, you know, third time is a charm. So, um, you know, so I totally get it. And I get not, wanting to share that with anyone. I, you know, it's, but that's a doozy, my friend. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just is a small piece of the puzzle in the many red flags that, you know, showed up here and there that until you put them all together, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh my gosh. So, Okay, so I remember when I wanted to um, to get a passport for Jordan, and I I had a fight with him because we both had to sign it, and then he wanted it because he where was he going? He was going to go someplace, and I was so afraid. I think it was Italy with you. Were were you guys originally thinking of taking a trip to Italy when you first got married? I'm sure it probably came up. Okay. And I remember being absolutely terrified to give him the documentation that could be used against me. Like he could take her out of the country. And because I signed that passport, you know, he could have done anything with her. Right. And I finally agreed to sign it. But then yeah. that mother flower insisted on holding on to it. You look so comfy. Um, he insisted on holding the passport. He would never let me have it. And I was like, what the hell? I, I finally, against everything I felt inside, agreed to sign it because I didn't want my daughter to miss out on being with your family in Italy. And I didn't have the money to take her to Italy. So if you guys did, more power to you, you know? Right, right. And he would not let me have it. He would not. He had to be the keeper of the 
passport. So did you have any, any issues with that? Like after you guys got divorced with Juliana? Absolutely. So, um, I've always been one to travel. You know, I have family in Italy, um, extended family. And so it's not unusual for me or my family to travel together and make a trip and go visit. And, um, so I knew I needed to get Juliana a passport and that that's, you know, something I wanted for her because I want to give her that experience as well. And I fought him about, it was definitely a year and a half in, in out of court. Um, he would, you know, I would email him, he would say he would do it. Um, but he never actually physically signed the paperwork that was needed in order for me to go and actually get Juliana a passport. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. Um, so unfortunately in 2015, my father passed away. And as you know, my father is from Italy Mm -hmm. and the main reason we always went and it came up, you know, um, after his death, you know, that we wanted to do a family trip to honor my father. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we still had no signed paperwork for a passport. And my sister and my mother, you know, kept asking me, we wanted to make plans. And I was afraid to make plans and say, yes, we're going because I couldn't get him to sign the paperwork. And I had to beg him basically to do it. I said, we're trying to take a trip to honor my father and see my family. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I hate to even admit this, but I went as far as to lie to him and tell him that we were having funeral services in Italy Right. Which, I mean, we, we didn't, but we still honored my father. The whole, yeah, you had like a memorial. Yeah. Was, was that exactly. But I used that as an excuse that we were, you know, having this whole thing in his hometown and that I needed like an answer to kind of put the pressure on him. And he eventually did sign it. We, were in court and I had to remind my lawyer a thousand and one times. And I, you know, was determined to get him to sign it. And thankfully my lawyer approached his lawyer because we had a day in court and it was like early January of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 2016. And, um, I never will forget the like feeling of relief once he signed that paper after a year and a half of emails and asking him and yes, yes, yes. Like just sign this fucking thing. If you have no problem with it, what's the issue? And it's an issue of control. Just like, you know, in you saying he always had to keep the document. He wanted Mm -hmm. it in his possession. He wanted you to have to ask for that. I know. He wanted control. Right. Cause he could say no. I know. And the more I think about, 
the more I think about it, I'm like, it, it goes back to how he had to control everything and every person. Absolutely. It, it has so much to do with it. Unreal. And I just don't understand, you know, where that stems from because neither of his siblings, you know, his brothers are like that. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, I could be wrong, but you know, they're just very different people. They are, they are. And, and I, you know, it's interesting that you say that because looking back, I I have to wonder if, they suspected any of that at all. I know they did. They did not suspect a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now. They didn't know that was going on because we have had conversations with, with them. But I wonder if they realized how controlling he was. And I remember uh, you telling me that one of his brothers said the per, you know, the guy that you married was the person we grew up with our whole lives. Right. Right. So, um, that control, I wonder if he tried to hold that control over his brothers and his, I know he held it over his mother because I would see it. I would see, you know, when she would want something or, you know, he would say, well, I'll do this, but you have to do that. And he just, it was heartbreaking sometimes to see how he would act towards his mother. Oh, it was awful. Awful. It was, you know, and they, they always say, uh, the way a a man treats his mother is the way he'll treat his wife. And I didn't, I didn't see that side right away. And you didn't either. I mean, that came out, you know, after you guys had made that commitment, you know, because you were in Massachusetts. So you weren't up here all that much. No. And I mean, I I did witness it here and there. And as we've talked about, his mother did try to have conversations with me, which made me very uncomfortable. Right. Um, But I had never really heard that phrase, to be honest. And not until after we were married, I'd never heard that phrase that the way a man treats his mother is a you know sign of how he'll treat his future wife and w- would that have changed anything who knows can't look back you know yeah. but um in the time had i maybe known that maybe i would have listened to her when she was alive maybe i would have taken that extra minute um there was just such a hate there i i, I never understood it but for a woman to hate her own child, there has to be something severely wrong. And I, yeah, again, huge red flag. I know. I remember all the holidays. You know, we were we were always together for the holidays. We would go to his parents' house for Christmas, and then you know, we would, we would go back to our house, but we always spent the morning with them. Thanksgiving, we would spend most of the day together and uh, of course, birthdays and stuff like that. But every holiday that I remember ended up with his mother in tears over something he did or something he said, whether it was to her 
or to his brothers or to me or to the kids. She was always upset, always upset and, and crying. And I, 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 I don't know why, but I never really thought about that until recently Mm -hmm. that, you know, and she always did go out of her way for the kids. She always, you know, tried to have a big Christmas and, but I knew it was going to start this way and it was going to end in a bad situation. And it always did. And right. And I think it's probably because, you know, just as we've experienced, he used his mother when he, for what he needed, like, you know, just to watch the kids alone. I mean, I think I mentioned this in one of the other episodes, like after we got married, we would go to pick up the kids, Joe and Jordan, Jasmine, they would have been at his mother's house and he would literally like pull up in the driveway and honk the horn and like expect her to just send them out. Like who does that? Never be something you did in my family. Never in a million years. Like, he did you ever ask that, him, did you ask him why he didn't go in? Like, cause he, that he didn't typically do that, but for a lot of years we lived, well, not a lot of years, but for a year we lived in the same complex, you know? So he would walk over there and get Jordan, but Jordan was a baby. So, um, did he ever say why he didn't go in or. No, and I'm sure I I know at the time I probably asked him, um, you know, whether it was a long day at work, you just want to get home because it was, you know, a half hour ride, um, more or less to the house after, you know, we would pick up the kids and, um, you know, he did a lot of driving as it was. So, you know, he... I don't know. I I can't say that there's a there is no good excuse mm-hmm. in my eyes. So, um, but he had no problem, you know, having them spend the whole day there and being well taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's was just like a slap in the face every time. Yeah. It was it definitely wasn't just one time. It was many times, you know, mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe it was cause we didn't live right there. Um, but just yeah. being the person I know he is, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that I would believe that, but yeah. And we, we moved to that house in April of 2004. So that it was a pain in the neck to have Jordan go back and forth to, to where his mom lived. However, um, at some point I remember saying we need to keep, maybe we need to keep her by our house. Maybe she needs to go, to school 
by us, or maybe she needs to go to daycare by us. And that was always shot down. Well, always. yeah. Considering what did he pay his mother? Like 50, 50 bucks, bucks a week. week. Like who, who does <laughs> that? Any daycare for 50 bucks. You can't. And that was, day. that was all the kids. Right. He had it made. He did. That's the only reason he probably shed a tear when his mother passed away. I hate to say that, but I know, you know, it's very true. Very true. Um, so, okay. So now let's talk about the most recent issue that you had with vacation, um, where you had to go to court. If you could talk a little bit about that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, this was now two summers ago at this point. Um, I had tried to solidify my two weeks of vacation right. for my summertime. And um, at that time, we had developed a new custody agreement. We, ha- I had taken them back to court. I got extra time with Juliana. And, uh, after I did that, you had also taken him to court and I, for Jordan, and Mm -hmm. I decided to take him back, um, to see if I could get more money for child support. So, so, okay, hold on right there. So before people think that you just wanted to get money, um, what you were going to get was, $150 a month, right? Because I remember breaking that down and saying to you, that's $37.50 a week, which made no kind of sense to me because I know alone I was paying more than that for Jordan's school lunches. So what were you really going to be able to do with $150? So, (coughs) right, That I think that was the amount. And I remember thinking that is just absolutely ridiculous, you know? So anyway, okay. So you were going to take him to court. And I know he was definitely upset with me that I was even taking him back for more money. So, um, and then there were some issues with our new documents not being, well, to me, they were clear, but he, he found a way to, make it an issue. And I think it was because I was taking him back to court. Right. He wouldn't allow me my vacation time that summer. He kept denying me and said, I wasn't entitled to summer vacation anymore under our new agreement. And the new agreement stated that he had extra time. I had agreed to give him that. Right. And my vacation time was to remain unchanged. And that's exactly what it said in the documents, that anything that was not otherwise discussed remained unchanged from the original documents. So anyway, long story short, just another, you know, reason, way to control things. I was afraid to go against him. He refused to give me my two weeks of vacation time, so I didn't take it that summer. Right. So we had to go back to the courts and have clarification between lawyers back and forth for months. And 
they had to spell it out for him. And I, it's not for a lack of, I think he didn't understand. No. I know he understood. He just found a loophole mm-hmm. to make my life miserable and make it difficult and take something away from me. Right. And thankfully, I um, got that time back. They had to write it in a court document. Um, I planned a vacation with Juliana and... It was uh, before the summertime uh, that following spring. So he was required to uh, give me my time back that I lost the previous summer, Mm -hmm. as well as give me my regular two weeks of vacation that following that next summer. So um, I did end up making it that time back, but the stress and time in court over the one issue and money and money plus plus a ton of money to go to court. Yeah. So it was, you know, his way of getting back at me for taking him to court because I was trying to, you know, get more child support Mm because as it was, I get maybe a quarter of what he really should be giving me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. um, And you and I know that he would never easily come out of pocket to put money towards anything. And for 10, 10 years, I paid for pretty much everything with Jordan. And I honestly didn't start getting anything for her until after our court, uh, decision was November, 2016. I think it took almost six months, eight months for the child support to kick in because that mother flower kept finding loopholes. So we went to court. We went to, um, it was different, right? It's magistrate court when it's, um, child support because God forbid that you do divorce or custody and then think that maybe child support goes with that. No, right. you have to make a separate appointment in completely separate yeah. in New York. So I remember when the first time we went, Paul and I sat there and he came in without his attorney. And no, I'm lying. The first time he came in with the attorney and okay. they talked or whatever. And then we had to go back for something and then he did not bring the attorney the second time the second time the second time and so he said that he got the paperwork late or something and that then gave him the out to delay that the court process the court process yeah so it delayed him a few more months so maybe a year after i had jordan full custody of Jordan. Did I get any kind of support for her? You know? So uh, when I, I, (laughs) I'm sorry, it just, it's absolutely bizarre. It it really is. It really is. Cause he will find a loophole for everything possible. Everything. Absolutely. Like it, it, he makes it it feels like to me, his mission, you know, cause he has a problem with being responsible, being held responsible as 
a parent, as an adult, like there's a lot of people out there who don't question what they owe, Mm -hmm. you know, for their children's sake. Um, but money is always his top always priority. Driven, always driven by money. And yeah. I think, I think too, you, you had a good point where you said, um, you know, he couldn't be responsible. So he, or he, he was good with the kids, right? Like he would always claim or profess to be this perfect dad and, and want to do all this stuff. But when we try to be the best moms that we could be and do what was right for our kids, he could never see it that way. Right. He he couldn't relinquish control even that to put his daughters first. Right. Mm. Unreal. Unreal. And you know, what's funny. We were supposed to talk about, totally different um a totally subject. different pop uh subject but that's okay that'll be another episode um so before we go can you think of any other promises that were broken or you know even uh you mean other than my marriage <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry yes because <laughs> <laughs> oh my god bastard right. you got me you got me on that one i don't even think i can from that of a million you know things i mean whether it was little things or big things i mean there was always a little something you know mm-hmm. always yeah. And even till this day, you know, I, I don't know if I believe half of what he says. Um, even when my daughter, you know, Juliana tries to tell me things that, oh, daddy said he's going to do this or daddy says he's going to get me that. And I just, you know, I, I try not to be negative. I just say to her, oh, well, I hope he keeps his promise. That would be so cool if he does, you know, X, Y, and Z. I don't want to discourage her, but I also want to prepare her that not all people keep their promises. Yeah. And you you do have to be prepared for that. Um, You know, it's sad that at nine years old, that I feel like that's a life lesson I have to teach my daughter now. I know. But it's something that, was not ever taught to me when I was younger. And it wasn't until I was a young adult, well before him, you know, I mean, we all have our share of disappointments in life. So I wish I had been taught about disappointment and I hope I'm, you know, teaching her that, you know, I, I'll say to her, life isn't perfect. If she, you know, wants a stupid lollipop at the store and I, you know, she's been a bad girl for the day and I'm not going to, you know, give her that lollipop. She'll say, well, that's not fair. You know, just as any kid would 
and I have to remind her, Hey, sorry, life's not fair. Maybe if you, you know, did X, Y, Z, when I asked you to, you would have that lollipop right now, Mm -hmm. but life isn't fair. Right. Lots of things happen in life that you're not going to like. Right. And you, you know, the way you might disappoint her is completely different than how he would disappoint her, you know? Of course, but you know, you have to use small examples just yeah. to even plant that seed, I guess you would say in their minds that, you know, there's a chance, okay, maybe this won't happen. Right. I, you know, I just hate to see her get her hopes up, especially about something like a dog, a dog, like that just makes me nervous. I know. Because I know she's going to ask him a million and one times and a million and a million times he'll say yes. And then it will be that millionth and first time that he finally says no. When you know well that he never had that intention. I know. I know it, it's, it's sad. And I, I've, I've often said to Jordan, you know, if you don't, if you don't get your hopes up, you can't get let down. And I yeah. learned that as an older adult, you know, most, mostly, um, you know, with some things that happen with my family, but also because of my relationship with him, he would yeah. constantly say stuff and it just never would materialize. So mm-hmm. I saw that pattern and I always tried to um, shelter her and not talk about her father, you know, until she was old enough. And at some point you'll probably have that conversation with Juliana as well. So. I, I try to say it in my own words, um, you know, mm-hmm. to try to get her to understand what I'm trying to say without, you know, yeah, making it straightforward. Um, and, you know, we shouldn't have to. And I think that's the hard part. We, they're little, you know, she's a little girl. She should be able to be a little girl and not, absolutely, have to, you know, grow up so quickly and, and, and realize that there's a lot of stuff that, you know, she shouldn't even have to deal with. Right. So, but I am curious to see if anything comes up in the next couple of months, I'm going to go back to this episode and say, that's why he promised her the dog. Yeah. (laughs) Only time will tell. Only time will tell. And listen, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody, but I just, again, it's, it's a pattern of, of his. So, right. um, Yeah. So anyway, so anyway, um, that was very funny, Gina, because I, I asked you <laughs> any other promises. And when you said your marriage, you totally uh, <laughs> caught me off guard. So, but, um, but <laughs> anyway, I just, I wanted to thank everyone for listening to Invisible Scars. Um, we are so close to a thousand downloads. Can you believe it? I think I, that's amazing, Michelle. I can't even I can't even believe it. I'm actually gonna check right now. And um I just I've had so many people and I, I'm not sure about you, but I've had so many people reach out and 
and say thank you for for sharing your story and for posting and that's um, awesome you know it's it's amazing how many people have decided to tell me their story and yeah. i i would i was completely shocked at some of the people that were telling me stuff that was going on you know or that they uh-huh. experienced uh, and it's just um it's just unbelievable so uh let me just see right now we are at 854 downloads wow since that the, is so awesome yeah since the end of march it's really cool so um we hope this is helping and and if anyone wants to reach out to us um you know just comment on on uh, the podcast wherever you're listening or you can find our um you can email me at invisible scars podcast at gmail.com. Um, anyway, we will talk again. So I look forward to our next conversation, Gina. Me too. Always. All right. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Have a good night. Never alone again. Domestic violence organization and resource center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that was created in 1999 to offer empathetic support for victims of domestic abuse. Motivated by personal experience and the awareness of a need for a safe haven, NAG was developed. We are a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing high quality and individually tailored support services to victims and survivors of domestic violence, abuse, and families in need. www.neveraloneagain.org